Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God's divinity. Today, let's talk about not bowing down, not exchanging our souls for temporary things that seem pleasurable and happy and joyful, but actually lead to destruction. Let's talk about not bowing down and not selling our souls for material things, for positions, for titles, for things of this world that are not eternal, things that will come to an end, and a lot of them destructive to us, our loved ones, our society, our nations. We have to be careful what we select, who we allow to talk to our souls, our spirits, our minds. We have to be careful who we allow to influence us, what we allow to influence us. Do not bow. It's a difficult thing, especially in this world that we live in, but it is a necessity because once you bow down and you sell your soul, it will take, literally, it will take only God to pull you out. To pull you out, my brother, to pull you out, my sister, to pull you out, my friend. Be careful. That house that you want, that car that you want, um, the position, the title, the so-called success that you are seeking for, you, uh, you have to ask yourself, what is the cost? Is it worth it? Should you pursue? What is the price? It might feel good, but the end result, and I mean the bottom line end result, what will happen to your mind, your spirit, your soul, your body, your heart? What will happen to you when it comes to eternity? Do not bow. Do not bow to things, people, and situations that will change your God-given identity, that will force you to exchange that which God has given you for what they want to give you. That circumstance, that situation, that title, that position, that money, that car, that house, that person, those people, that influence wants to give you something. The question is, what are they giving you? And is it worth exchanging what God has given you for what they have to give you? Ask yourself that question. Is it worth it? Is it worth the exchange? Is it worth bowing down to all that will cost you your soul? Mark chapter 8, verse 36 to 37 says, For what shall it profit a man? if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Excuse me. Let me read that again. Mark 8, 36, 37. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? My brother, my sister, my friend, dear listener, what will you give in exchange for your soul? What will it profit you if you gain the whole world 
and lose your own soul, your own soul. At what cost will you bow? <clears throat> at what price will you bow? How far will you go to exchange your soul? Is it worth it? I think it's better to feel the pain of not changing, of not exchanging your soul and leaving your soul in the hand of God than to feel the pleasure of changing and exchanging your soul And that type of pleasure is doom and brings doom, leading to destruction. So you're about to make certain decisions. You're about to make certain choices. You're about to take certain steps. You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? At what cost? At what cost to your future? At what cost to your destiny? At what cost to your divine purpose? At what cost to your loved ones? <clears throat> Excuse me. At what cost to your mind? At what cost to your soul? At what cost to your spirit? At what cost to your body, to your heart? What is the price that you have to pay? Is the exchange worth it? Better to take pleasure in the things of God, the way of truth, than to take pleasure in the things that influence us in this world. Better to bow to God than to bow to things and systems of this world. God's way is different. Yes, it's more difficult on us as human beings, but at the end of the day, our souls remain intact. We gain more by bowing to God than bowing to man and circumstances and situations, bowing to habits and addictions, bowing to the systems of this world, bowing to influences of this world. You've got to ask yourself the question, is it worth bowing? Is the exchange worth it? These pleasures lead to doom. They ultimately lead to doom. We know this already, but we want that momentary satisfaction. We want that momentary feel good. We want that momentary so-called freedom to do whatever I want to do, act however I feel, behave however I want. That momentary false sense of arriving, false sense of power, false sense of I have everything under control, but it leads to destruction. Is it worth it? In Psalm 14 verse 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And some Bibles say its end is the way to destruction. And when we talk about death here, it's not just Oh, physical death. It's also, you know, we're talking about eternity. Bottom line is, where is your soul going to land? Your body will rot. All these choices, these situations and circumstances and, and titles and positions and, and, and so-called success of, you know, in this world, limelight and so-called greatness and, and, and arrival and houses and cars and all those things will rot away. You're not going to take them with you. I'm not going to take them with me. 
So the question becomes, what are you going to take with you? What am I going to take with me? What do we have left when everything else is gone? We have our souls. We have our souls. And where will our souls arrive when we take our last breath? Will our souls arrive to God and be with him and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit or with something else and somewhere else and someone else? Whose hand would you prefer for your soul to arrive in when you take your last breath? What place would you prefer for your soul to arrive at when you take your last breath? Destruction? or eternal life with God. I would prefer to find out that uh, I could have had all this pleasure with my body, my soul, my spirit, my mind, my whatever it is that this world has to offer. Have all this pleasure. I would prefer to find out that I could have done it than find out when I died that I should not have done it. I should not have taken the pleasures of this world. I prefer to find out that when I take my last breath, I did the right thing following God. And then if I find out after taking my last breath that I didn't even have to do that, that's okay too because either way, I don't get to lose. I end up with God. You know, and following his word makes me a much better person anyway. So why not do it? Even if it doesn't make any difference after I die. But I don't want to take the risk today. I don't want my loved ones to take the risk today. I don't want you to take the risk today. And ultimately, God's word gives us life, makes us better people, makes us happier, gives us more power and strength to face any and every kind of storm. There's something about having faith in God. There's something about believing in Him. There's something about holding on to Him that makes all the difference. Indeed, He gives us peace that surpasses human understanding. He gives us joy that becomes our strength. He removes the heaviness and gives us the garment of praise. He turns our mourning into dancing, our sadness into joy, into gladness. This is true. So what are you looking for? What are you searching for? And is it worth exchanging your soul for? Do not change because others find you unacceptable, because you identify with Jesus, because you identify with the Bible. These are the times that people are going to place a demand on you directly or indirectly. They will influence you to change your mind about God. Or if you've never come to God, if you've never come to Jesus, they will try to block you, to stop you from coming to him. They would rather you follow them because they've made up their minds that they're going to exchange their souls. They've made up their minds that when it comes to death, they know where they're going to arrive. They know who and what they worship. They thrive in that. They take pleasure in it, even though they know it's wrong. The Bible in Revelations says that some refused to follow God, even after he showed them all the signs, even after he showed all the signs that he is God and that he is real, they refused and they continued to exchange their souls and denied 
their maker, their creator. And people blame God and say, well, why did God create hell? Well, why does hell exist if God is so loving? Well, he's not the one taking us and putting us there. The question isn't, why does hell exist? The question is, what choices are you going to make for your soul? What choices am I going to make for my soul? That's the question. The question is, where are you going to arrive after you take your last breath? The question is, where am I going to arrive when I take my last breath? Where are our loved ones going to arrive? Because God has done his part. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. Regardless of who we are and what we are and what we have become. Regardless of our sins, we sin every day. We're not perfect. But there's a difference between those who genuinely choose to follow Jesus and work every day to be more like him, to make heaven. And those who say, oh, I believe in God, but you know they don't really care about his ways. Or those who say, well, he does, he's not real, he doesn't exist, you know, and go about their business. Choose God, choose Jesus, choose the Holy Spirit. Do not exchange your soul, do not bow, do not bow, it's not worth it. And some who are paying the price right now will tell you it's not worth it. And I pray that they get a chance to turn things around. I pray for them even right now that their souls will come back to God, that God will fight for them. And if you're one of those people listening, I pray that God will fight for your soul and bring you back to him in the name of Jesus. Receive the Lord Jesus right now as your Lord and Savior. Just bring him back, invite him back into your soul, into your mind, into your spirit, into your body. Let your body become a temple for him. Let your heart, your mind seek him and you will find him. He promises that. You seek me diligently and you will find me, says God. You know, in the book of Daniel, we have Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, popularly known in the churches. Um, uh, Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, especially Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's talk about those three and not Daniel. Daniel was given the name, Daniel was given the name Belteshazzar by the Babylonians and Shadrach was given the name Hananiah. Sorry, let me change that. Hananiah was given the name Shadrach. Mishael was given the name Meshach. Azariah was given the name Abednego. And the reason why Nebuchadnezzar, the king at the time, gave them his Babylonian names was because he wanted them to exchange their soul, exchange their spirit, exchange their mind, exchange their heart, exchange their bodies. He wanted them to renounce, he wanted them to renounce God, renounce Jesus, renounce the Holy Spirit and take on his gods. He wanted them to bow to him. He wanted to be the power and the influence and the voice in their spirits, their minds, and their souls. And changed their names to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I think, unfortunately, for us who are believers who follow Jesus Christ and in the church, we have announced these names too much. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who we should really be calling them 
we should really be calling them is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'll show you why. Hananiah in Hebrew means Yah has been gracious. In other words, God has been gracious. Jehovah has been gracious. Mishael means who is what God is. Who is what God is. Azariah in Hebrew means Yah has helped. God has helped. Right? So which one of us doesn't want God's graciousness? Which one of us doesn't want God to be God in our lives with all the goodness it comes with? Which one of us doesn't want the help of Jehovah? Um, what's his name? Nebuchadnezzar then changes their names to Shadrach. Let me tell you what Shadrach means. He calls Hananiah Shadrach. It means inspired of Aku. Aku is the god of the moon in the Babylonian system. And then he changes Mishael's name to Meshach. Meshach means belonging to Aku, belonging to the god of the moon. Right? It's, uh, it also stands for he changed Mishael from who is what God is and changed his name to Meshach, belonging to Aku, but not only belonging to Aku, but who is what Aku is. Do you see? Who is what the God of the moon is. Took his name from who is what God is. You see what they do to you. It's subliminal. It's a trick. It looks familiar. It looks comfortable. It sounds comfortable. It makes sense. But it is destruction. It is death. And then they take Azariah's name, which means Yah has helped. And they change it to Abednego, which means servant of Nego or slave of the god Nebo, who is a Babylonian god of wisdom. And we know that the Bible says, in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding. That's God's word. So they have this false god, a false god of wisdom, a false god of the, you know, called the moon. And who made the heaven and earth? It is God. When you look at Isaiah 46, chapter 46, verse 5, God says, with whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Verse 6, some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From what spot it cannot move. From that spot it cannot move. They create these gods in gold. They goldsmith them. They carry them. They worship them. They make these gods with their own hands. And then they put them in a spot where it can't even move. It can't speak. It can't hear. Yet they call them gods. And then it continues to say, verse 7, even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. These gods, these false gods cannot answer you, my brother, cannot answer you, my sister, cannot answer you, my friend. They cannot answer you, dear listener. God can answer you. Real God can answer you. He says, whom will you compare me to? He says, it cannot save them from their troubles. These idols, my brother, my sister, dear listener, that you're following, my dear friend, they cannot save you from your troubles. And Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego, even though their names had been changed to these Babylonian names, in their spirits, they retained, they kept the names, their God-given names, because they know the God who can't save, the God who is not built by the hands of man or by, with gold and silver, the God who cannot be carried on the shoulders of man and be put in a spot and cannot move. They know the God who created them. They know the God who can move, who can move mountains. They know the God who can deliver. They know the God who can provide. They know the God who gave them breath to breathe. They know the God to bow down to, and they refuse to exchange their souls in their spirits, in their minds, in their bodies, in their hearts. Even though their names had been changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that they were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They knew that they were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They refused to become slaves to Aku. They refused to become inspired by Aku. They refused to be called wisdom, sorry, to carry the so-called wisdom of Nebel. They continued to hold on to Yah, Yah the gracious God, Yah who is who God is, Yah who helps Yah who provides, Yah who saves, Yah who delivers. Yah, in case you don't know the spelling, is Y-A-H, Jehovah, Yahweh. He's all that and everything and more. He's all that and everything and more and nothing, no one can compare to him. And it is he who saves. Don't be fooled. Don't exchange your soul. The price is not worth it. The world we live in now has all kinds of gods and we have a serious ongoing identity crisis. You bow to these gods, you exchange your soul, you exchange your identity and lose the soul that God has given you and you lose the God-given identity that God has given you, has created you with, has provided you with. If you change your God-given identity, You'll be lost forever. You'll be lost forever. If you're still here and you're still breathing, you still have a chance to take back, to go back to your maker and take back, restore your God-given identity. Jesus came to restore, to reconcile, to redeem, to recover us back to the image and likeness that God originally created us in. You know, this bowing down thing is happening in our workplaces, our work environment, our places of work. People are losing their souls, bowing down, bowing down to fellow men. I know we all have difficult situations. We all have difficult circumstances. We all need jobs. We all need the paycheck. We all need the health insurance. We all need to pay rent and mortgage. We all need to put food on the table. I know I've been there and I understand it. I understand the frustration, the pain. I understand being torn between, should I bow down to this man and this woman? Should I do this or that and lose my soul? The agony of it, because fundamentally who I am, I believe and trust in God. I put my faith and my hope in him. And yet I have to work to make ends meet. And the type of things I have to do at the job don't necessarily agree with what I believe fundamentally. And the paycheck I have to keep receiving, or I feel I have to keep receiving, you know, it, it, it becomes a torment because 
It means I have to bow down to someone dictating things to me that I would rather not bow down to. People do things in position, in, in, in jobs to gain certain positions. People tear each other down. People tear each other apart in workplaces. People gossip and lie. People do things against, sometimes even against their own nature, their own character, because they want a title, because they want to keep a job, because the boss is coming after them. It's happening everywhere. It even happens in churches, people competing against each other. You know, the anointing, people wanting to prove themselves, people wanting to show their stuff, their skills, all kinds of things to gain position, to gain titles, to gain recognition, to gain validation, to be identified with a type of people, to be, to be identified with a type of group, to be validated by the boss, you know, and we do all these things because we want the title, we want the position, we want the paycheck, we want the recognition, we want the validation. Or sometimes we don't even really want it. We just feel like it's what we have to do. That's the system of the world. So it's practical. It makes sense, right? Because that, well, that's just the way things are. And we convince ourselves that that's just the way things are. These are things that we'd, we really, we would rather not do, but we have to do. But I come to tell you today that we don't have to do these things. We really don't. And yes, work is good. Yes, taking care of, your, care of yourself, taking care of family is good. Of course, money, mo the Bible says that money solves all things. We all need money. But we have to get to a point where we ask ourselves, where do we draw the line? What is the price to be paid? What is the cost? And is it worth it? We have to come to a place where we believe in God so much, so much that sometimes we have to walk away from certain things, certain circumstances and situations. We have to stop certain habits, certain behaviors so that we don't lose our souls, so that our souls are not exchanged for things that are going to destroy our souls, so that we don't become who we don't want to become. We don't become who we should not become. Because the price at the end of the day is too high. Whatever you have become, whatever I have become, God was not confused when he made us in our mother's wombs. Whatever we have turned out to be, whatever you and I, whatever decisions and choices and steps we've made, God had a plan for us when he made us in our mother's wombs. He had thoughts towards us. Let's read Psalm 139, verse 13 to 18. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, your soul knows that full well. Your soul knows that God created you wonderfully and wonderfully and fearfully in your mother's womb. It says, I know that full well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book 
before one of them came to be. God had days that he ordained for us, that he wrote out every single day in our lives has been written out by God. But we have a choice to follow that which is written concerning us. We have a choice to ask the Holy Spirit to have a relationship with Jesus, to discover and find out what are these days written about me, concerning me? What did God write about me? What are his thoughts? What were his thoughts? What are his thoughts? What are his thoughts going to be toward me? What are they? But we must seek and find out, my brother, my sister. It continues to say in verse 17, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. God has millions and billions of thoughts towards us and his thoughts, would, his thoughts towards us would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. He's always with us, always with us. He's the God who neither sleeps nor slumbers, always watching over us, constantly watching over us. Would we not prefer to give him our souls, to identify with him? than to bow down to gods of silver and gold and have our names, our identities, God-given names, God-given identities, God-given thoughts taken away from us. You know, this, this word influencers these days, getting people to in, imitate other people, getting people to follow other people, getting people to lose their minds over other human beings, is a form of idolatry. People making other human beings their gods. People making influences their gods. If you're going to imitate anyone, people even make bishops and pastors and apostles and prophets their gods. This is happening everywhere in the systems of this world. It's not just in the workplaces. People idolizing their bosses because, you know, kissing their feet because they want... They want positions. People are also kissing the feet of their pastors, their bishops, their apostles, the prophets. People are kissing the feet of witches and wizards and warlocks. People are kissing the, kissing the feet of presidents and, 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 and high-ranking officials. People are kissing people's feet in their families, losing their souls. It's everywhere and in everything. Let's not even mention the music an acting industry, the entertainment industry, how people have lost their minds over other human beings who have also lost their minds and their souls. My brother, my sister, my friend, dear listener, if you're going to lose your soul in anyone, lose your soul in God, lose your soul in Jesus, lose your soul in the Holy Spirit. Lose your soul in God, our source, our creator, our maker, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 2, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. He gave himself up for us. The people in Hollywood did not give themselves up for you. Your boss, your family, your husband, your wife, your children, your best friend, whoever it is in your life, your acquaintances, whatever it is in your life, did not give up themselves for you. He did. Christ did. 
God sent him to. So if you're going to imitate anyone, let it be God. If you're going to give your soul to anyone, let it be Jesus. Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He is the ultimate sacrifice. There's no other sacrifice you can give to God that's good enough. And people are sacrificing, sacrificing their souls, their destinies, their, 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 their uh, uh, um, God-given identity, God-given divine purpose, sacrificing their children, sacrificing their everything. For what and to whom? To gods that cannot save them, to gods that cannot rescue them, to gods that cannot redeem them, to gods who cannot hear them. For what purpose? At what cost? The price is too high. We imitate and imitate until we become rearranged. I don't know how many of you, how many of you um, know of Bob Marley or have heard of him. Many of us have. And um, he said something. He said, don't let them abuse you. Don't let them rearrange you. Don't let them rearrange you. My brother, my sister, it is an abuse to you. It is an insult to God to allow ourselves to be rearranged by our own hand or the hand of others. It is an insult. It is an abuse to yourself. It is an insult to God, maker of heaven and earth, who breathed life into us. He breathed life into us. And we choose to poke him in the eye, slap him in the face, turn our backs on him, and bow down to things and people that cannot value our souls, that do not value our souls, that do not want to, that are unable to value our souls. They can't even begin to know the worth of our souls. And if we understood the worth and the value of our souls, we would not bow down. We would not allow ourselves to be rearranged. We would not exchange our souls. We would fight and make sure that our souls are not exchanged, that the souls of our children are not exchanged, the souls of our loved ones are not exchanged. We will fight for the world, that the world will come to Jesus and not allow their souls to be exchanged. Many are far gone. I'm not one to say it's too late. I think when one is still breathing, there's still time. But how many have died after exchanging their souls? And finding out it all wasn't worth it after all. None of it was worth it. It is the hardest thing to not bow, but it is not impossible. It is the hardest thing to not bow, but it is not impossible. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 15 to 18, it says, you know, um, Nebuchadnezzar had built an image of himself and was given, giving instructions. And these instructions, again, were to, these instructions were to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And I want to make it a habit of calling them by their Hebrew name, rather than what has happened in the church, where we call them by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hananiah, 
Mishael and Azariah refused to bow down to the image that Nebuchadnezzar had built, a golden image, a golden image. They refused to worship his gods. They refused to worship him. Daniel chapter 3, 15 to 18 says, Now when you hear the sound of the horn, now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in other words, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And this is the part I like. I love this. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. But even if he does not, we want you to know, Nebuchadnezzar, we want you to know your majesty. We want you to know golden calf. We want you to know you fake and false God. We want you to know you God who cannot redeem. You God who cannot give wisdom. You God who cannot save. You God who cannot deliver. You God who cannot restore. We want you to know. We, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, we want you to know, Nebuchadnezzar. We want your, your image and your gods and your people to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We will not bow down to you. We will not exchange our souls. We will not stop believing in our God because you have built this image, because you want us to worship you. We are not going to bow down to you. We are not going to exchange our souls. You know, I also like this part where he says, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Because these people understood God, they had walked with him. You have to read the Bible. You have to be able to, you have to know him to be able to stand, to stand up to this king, the Nebuchadnezzars of this world, the golden images of this world. You have to know the word of God to be able to stand for them to take that stand, it means that they had gotten to a point where they had walked with God, talked with Him. They knew the reality of God. If you don't know the reality of God, it is then easy. It is easy for you to bow down to the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music. Look at that, the music. What is happening now in our entertainment system, in the music system? They're using it to make people bow so what is the music? What is the tune that they're playing to you? Whether it's in your office, your church, your friends, your family, your marriage, your marriage, your children, it's everywhere. It's all over. Whatever is influencing them, is it influencing you? And will you bow? 
I pray to God that what is influencing the people around you, your workplace, your children, your family, I pray to God that the influence is the Holy Spirit of God. But if it is not the Holy Spirit of God, whatever is influencing them, will you allow yourself to bow down to that thing, to that music, to their tune? Or will you be like Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Nebuchadnezzar says to them, he says, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. What blazing furnace are you facing right now, dear listener? Then he says, he asks them a question. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? This is intimidation. is gross and wicked and evil intimidation. Gross, wicked and evil intimidation. And many of us are facing such intimidations. And many of us have bowed or, or are about to bow. Or we're not sure whether to bow down or not and we're torn. But this is what they say. They said, we do not need. They call his name and they say, King Nebuchadnezzar. They call the name of the situation. They call the name of the person. They call the name of the influencer. And they said, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Why don't we need to defend ourselves? Because we know God, our maker. We know that he will rescue us. We know that he will vindicate us. We know that he will rescue us. And we know that he will vindicate us. But in the chance where he doesn't, if perhaps he does not, it doesn't matter to us. He said, they say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. He will deliver us and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. God will deliver you from that thing that is caused, wanting you to bow to them. My brother, my sister, have faith, be strong, hold on and hang in there. He says, and then they said, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, what does it take to say to Nebuchadnezzar, even if God doesn't deliver us, even if God doesn't deliver me, what kind of faith is that? What kind of revelation is that? What kind of power is that? Even if God does not deliver us, even if God does not deliver me, we want you to know. I want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods, that I will not serve your gods or worship the image. Oh, hallelujah. I will not serve your God. We will not serve your God or worship the image of gold you have set up. What is the image of gold that has been set up before you? What is the image of gold that has been set up in front of you? What is the image of gold that has been set up in your circumstance, your situation, the place where you find yourself? What is the threat that if you don't worship this image of gold, that you will be sent into a blazing furnace, into a fiery furnace? Do not exchange your soul. Do not bow down. That blazing furnace might be really hot right now. The fire might be too hot right now. And I know fear has gripped your heart. Confusion, feeling lost and alone has gripped your heart. Which way do you turn?
Go back to Psalm 14 verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Go back to Isaiah 46 verse 5 where God is asking, With whom will you compare me or count me equal? There's no golden image. No golden image whatsoever that we can compare to God. It says, if you continue to read in verse 7, it says, even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. The golden image cannot answer even when you cry out to it. They're lying to you. And it says, it cannot save them from their troubles. It cannot save them. The golden image will not save you. The fiery furnace, yes, is blazing, his heart is firing. They're about to throw you into it. But that's just temporary. Think about eternity, eternal destruction if you bow down, if you exchange your soul. Think about the price, my brother. Think about the price, my sister. And you may know people who are in this situation. Send this recording to them. Send this message to them because they need to hear it because many people are bowing, bowing to the trends, bowing to the fashion, bowing to the music, bowing to the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, bowing to all kinds of influences and influencers, bowing. And when you don't bow, they cancel you. I would prefer to be canceled by the systems of this world than to be canceled by God. It is better to be canceled by the people and the systems and the images, the false gods of this world, the Nebuchadnezzars of this world, than to be canceled by God, than to be canceled by Jesus, than to be canceled by the Holy Spirit. Let the systems of the world cancel you so that your soul is intact. Let the systems of this world, the Nebuchadnezzars, the golden images of this world, the Nebos and the Baals and the wizards and the witchcrafts and, 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 and the darkness and the rulers of this world, the principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness, let them cancel you, not God. Let those that wickedness and evil and witchcraft and Satanism and all these things that are happening, let them cancel you. Refuse for your soul. Refuse for your soul to be exchanged. Come back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your soul. And what happened? Daniel 3, at the end of that story, God showed up. Indeed, he showed up. They said, even if he doesn't come to rescue us, we still will not bow down to you, Nebuchadnezzar. We still will not bow to you or bow to your gods. We will continue to worship our God. And so this, I was going to say this afternoon because it's afternoon where I am. And so today, wherever you are, whether it's afternoon, morning or evening where you're listening, do not bow down, my brother. Do not bow down, my sister. It's not worth it. Be strong in God. Be strong in your spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. He will give you strength and he will shield you. The presence of God is real. The presence of God is the only shield you have. The word of God is your sanity. Oh, the word of God 
will keep your soul, will hold you together, will keep you together, will give you the strength, the power of God, the authority of Jesus, the presence of God will give you the strength and the power to not bow down. Don't bow down. The exchange is too costly. It's too costly. God bless you. I pray for you. I pray for your soul, your mind, your spirit, your heart, your body. I pray for your loved ones. I pray for wherever you are and you're going out and you're coming in. May the goodness of God follow you, the divine protection of God follow you and your loved ones. In the name of Jesus, give you the strength to not bow down. Give you the power to not bow down. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if you need more strength, if you need someone to talk to, people to be around, who are like-minded, who do not want to bow, join us on Activate God's Purpose. Every Thursday, we meet from 8 to 9 p.m. USA Eastern Time. And if you go to the Activate God's Purpose uh, Facebook, you'll see the meeting ID numbers. And you can join us, you'll see the link. Also, on Fridays, from 6 to 8 p.m. USA Eastern Time. And on Saturdays, from 11 to 1, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. USA Eastern Times. You'll find us there. God bless you. God keep you. If you need someone to talk to, join us. The information will be up on Facebook. And I'll be sure to write it out in this post. God bless you. Stay strong. Do not exchange your soul. Do not exchange your mind. Do not exchange your spirit. Do not exchange your body. Do not exchange your heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being here. Until next time, God bless you.